The world of marketing is ever-changing and can be confusing, frustrating, and outright exhausting. Welcome to Unbottled, the marketing podcast where experts share their experiences, stories, and best practices on online and internet marketing. Featuring Steve Wiedemann, former marketer for Disney, Skechers, and other well-known brands. Break through the hype with real marketing tips from industry leaders. This is Unbottleneck. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Unbottleneck, the podcast where we help solve common marketing problems. And today with us is Brandon from SEO Optimizers, who started in search in around 2007. He started uh, his SEO Optimizers and has been a digital marketing company that focuses on helping small businesses and medium-sized businesses get more traffic, uh, which converts into client sales and leads, which we all need. Uh, for the past 14 years, he's been helping websites rank higher using SEO strategies, and hundreds of websites rank for hyper-competitive keywords, which we're going to ask him about later on. Um, converting into sales and leads, of course. He holds a bachelor degree in business marketing from Cal State Long Beach, which isn't too far from our office here in La Mirada, and uh, is here to talk about link building today, which is a very controversial, um, but at the same time, kind of an exciting topic of SEO. So, uh, Brandon, welcome to the show, and uh, let us know a little bit more about you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it, and welcome, everyone. My name is Brandon Leibowitz, and I've kind of like what you said, been involved with digital marketing for the past 14 years, helping out businesses get more traffic to their websites and primarily focused on SEO. I mean, I've done social media, email marketing, paid ads, I've done it all and it all works in terms of getting traffic. It's great, but I just realized over the years that SEO is a way to get free traffic and free traffic is always a lot better, especially in the long run. You don't have to worry about ads or about social media platforms emerging and disappearing and changing and putting all your eggs in one basket. So really like diversifying and just getting that free traffic from Google. And that's really why I like seeing other businesses get that traffic as well and watch them grow and scale up. Yeah, it's fun too. It's, it's challenging because we're, we're a lot like fitness trainers in many ways, right? We want to strive to be better, strive to be number one. You know, we have clients that will obsess over top ranking. So in, in the world of, of SEO, you, you've kind of got two sets of clients, the brands that want to continue to grow brand awareness and, uh, and drive incremental traffic through organic. And then you've mm -hmm. got the small businesses and the small business mentality is, and I'm looking to grow my business through search. It's I need to be number one in Google. They don't care what that means. They don't care what their website looks like. They don't care if they even get leads from their business. They just want to be number one. And it's mm -hmm. it's a really fascinating dynamic that um, that basically helped us with our shift to you know doing a lot more small business too. Instead, you know, shifting over to corporate. Um, so what's what's the mix of clients you guys work with over at SEO Optimizers? Um, so we have a wide variety. We're more focused on medium-sized businesses, but we help small emerging startups and have some corporate clients as well, but more kind of centered in the middle. And like you're saying about the small businesses, I mean, I see all the time where people come to me saying, I want to rank for this keyword. I want to rank for that keyword. And I tell them 
20 people search for this keyword. Let's use a plural or a synonym, but I call them like the ego keywords where they just want to see that they're number one. Vanity keyword. It doesn't do much good. I'm just like, mm -hmm. we need to drive conversions. Traffic is great. Keyword rankings are great, but that's not a means to end. We need to make sure that they actually follow through, turn into a phone call, email, sign up, whatever your conversion goal is, because traffic is just half the battle. Getting them to convert is sure. really another big part that I've really been focused more on in the past couple of years is like, conversion rate optimization, just making sure that, because in the past I would get people ranked for all these keywords. And then after a few months, they're just like, well, I'm not getting the leads. And mm -hmm. I just tell them there's only so much I could do with your website, but now I've been studying it a lot more and that's helped right. out a lot more with just keeping people engaged on the website, making sure that it's properly optimized. It looks good across the board on all the different sure. platforms and just test and test and keep testing. And you made a good point too. I think the other half of the equation is education. You know, is being able to work with clients to get them to to buy in and understand, you know, the, the different disciplines that are going to be involved and the collaboration we need from them as it pertains to, you know, really coming up with rich content to use. And uh, a lot of times the smaller businesses are like, just make the phone ring. Like, well, we're not an advertising company. You know, we're here to help take everything that that's you and your company that, you know, that's um, uh, that we could use to you know, to, to try to show the industry how how good you are at what you do and, and give them tips based on what you've learned that, you know, your competitors may not be as good at. And I feel like I feel like if the client isn't willing to be involved, they should just stick to advertising, you know, and, and not worry so much about SEO. But if they if they really want that organic presence, if they really want to create a name for themselves, SEO is the way to go. Well, Brandon, I came up with a, a, a few questions to uh, to pick your brain with. And then I've got a lightning round. And um, you know, have some fun with that. The, the first question on my list is that you mentioned in your LinkedIn bio that you started this this company, this SEO Optimizers, uh, that you'd always worked for um, ad agencies, and that when you started, you had no idea what you were doing, uh, and neither did your clients. So we occasionally get clients that say the same thing: "I have no idea what it is you do." In fact, one of them is like, "I don't know what you all do." You know, over mm -hmm. there in the in the south, we love this guy. Um, for businesses getting more aggressive with SEO, does this continue to be the trend that you see? And how important is uh, this is how SEO works, uh, education in how you work with your clients? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, when I first started doing SEO, nobody understood what SEO is or understood the acronym. Yeah, search and, still don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and still they don't, but at yeah. least now it's getting better. But yeah, I mean, it's still tough trying to explain to people what it is, what we're doing, how involved they need to be and what the results are. Because a lot of people just think it's really easy. You just put a couple keywords here and Google's <laughs> going to rank you, which maybe 20 years ago it was like that. But nowadays there's a lot more that needs to be done to just show Google that you're relevant, that you're most qualified, best search result. And a lot of it is education. I mean, unfortunately with the pandemic that's been going on, that kind of made more people aware of that they don't need to, or that they can't just rely on brick and mortar and retail yeah. that they need to have an online presence. And that's actually picked up. I mean, initially I lost a lot of clients. I worked with a lot of retail shops and it's been tough, but now it seems like we're about probably like maybe in July, that's when things started to pick up where people just realize you have to adapt and adjust. Right. And that's always a way about it. I mean, that's how I first got into SEO is kind of fell into it. Didn't really think, that's what I wanted to do. But I realized back in 2007 that this is the future. Everyone's going to have a website and needs to market it. And even though people aren't aware of the different avenues to market it or don't know about SEO, it's still something that got to help plant and educate and let them know. So I do a lot of classes as well, where I kind of teach people about SEO and kind of 
simplify things and kind of like let them know from the basics, like what is SEO? How does Google work? What are some of the key points that Google's looking at to help make sure that your website's optimized from, from what they're looking for. But sure. a lot of it is education, even when I do the classes. So half the people at the end, I feel like I just kind of went over their head, even though I really <laughs> simplified things. It sure. does get technical with SEO. Unfortunately, it's not always the most straightforward, but, but yeah, a lot of it is just trying to let the, know what's working and right. what we, we see that a lot uh, i think um i think that is that is a challenge sometimes because it feels technical anytime you're talking about anything optimization or yeah. just the phrase search engine becomes something that they uh, a lot of business owners just don't um mm -hmm. they don't relate to so when 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 i get the question of you know what is seo and uh, why do i even care um you know the short answer is well um where do you show up in the phone book <laughs> right. And the answer yeah. is, well, we don't use a phone book. Really? What do you use? Oh, we use mm -hmm. the internet. Oh, great. And, and mm -hmm. who helps you to make sure that you show up there? And they go, oh, I get it. Well, what, what do you do? How do you, how do you get a page to rank? Well, the first thing you do is you just make sure your, your page solves for the, the keyword that the user searched for better than the other 10 results that show up on page one. The second thing is you make sure other websites know about you and your brand and, and, and that the services that you offer so that as search engines are, you know, crawling through the internet, they can find your name and, you know, those words that you want to appear for and start to become synonymous to those phrases. The third part is making sure when they do see your result that they're more compelled to click on your listing than the other nine if you're on the first page and that they stay on your web page. So those mm -hmm. user behavior signals long-term that will, you know, determine, you know, whether you're a good result for the long-term or not, the, the content and the, the other websites linking to yours are really more of a short-term signal to qualify you or pre-qualify you to rank. Ultimately, it's whether the users decide they want to stay or, or click on your site and stay on your site that'll help you to sustain that ranking. And then, then they start to get it and they go, well, tell me about the content piece. And that's where you go, well, let's look at all the keywords that your competitors are getting traffic to to their pages and what you've received traffic for in the past. And let's put a plan together to make this page the most helpful around all those different ideas that we found. And then let's look at where the competitors are all getting links to their sites, you know, to, to figure out where we should be looking at getting other uh, links to come in, knowing how important other websites linking to you is and, and Google's whole ranking algorithm. In fact, that brings me to question two, a very significant part, maybe even the most important part is link building. Um, you know, yeah. can you maybe start with your take on this popular, uh, you know, definition type question? What What is link building? Um, so, yeah, that is a tough question. I've tried to answer that all the time and I think I've simplified it enough, but yeah, link building is kind of tricky to explain, especially to business owners where they have no knowledge of what SEO is, but I tell them essentially it's other websites talking about you. You need to get other websites to mention your company or your website and it has to be clickable. So can't just be mentioning Brandon from SEO optimizers. If they mention me, that's good, but that's not a backlink. It has to be where if you click on it, you leave one website and you get taken to another website. So it has to be another website kind of showing a vote of confidence saying we look at Brandon and we trust him or we think he has some good content. So we're going to link out to him. But the main thing is it has to be clickable because I get a lot of people that come to me saying, I have all this PR that I've done in the past and we look at it and none of them are clickable links. And I mean, it's still good to have those mentions, but sure. it's not going to have that same impact as a clickable link I mean, pointing back to your website. And, and yeah, that's kind of 
simplified version. I mean, it does get technical with the backlinks. There's a lot that goes into it, but simplified sure. version is getting a clickable link from another website to point to your website. Yeah, I think to articulate it to a client, one of the things that I've used is sort of an analogy is I, I imagine that keyword being at the center of a spider web. And in your website, if it wants to be in the center of the, the spider web and ranking for that keyword, which is the number one position, there needs to actually be a web. And they all need to yeah. basically tell the search engines that the center of this web is your brand. And if there's no connections to you, there's no web. So the idea is to build a web through getting connections, through getting other websites to, you know, to share your content and to curate and to ultimately link. Uh, the good news is, you know, from my understanding and how Google's evolving, links are still important. They still pass, you know, Larry Page's old algorithm page rank. They still pass mm -hmm. value and voting, like you mentioned. But there's also these content vectors, and there's also this thing called, you know, co-occurrence and co-citation, you know, where. Google starts to see your name become semantic to a search term, even without a link, and it can play a role, um, you know, in your overall ranking. So, you know, we've done some tests and um, yeah, experiments ourselves, and we've actually seen a little bit of a, a shift recently, well, at least over the last couple of years, in mm -hmm. Google using a little bit more of those signals than links. In fact, we did a whole campaign, an, an anti-link campaign, to see if we could move up a page in the search mm -hmm. results just through co-occurrence of the name and the keyword. And we did, we moved a page from like page seven to page two, and then you get one link and then boom, you're on page one. So ultimately mm -hmm. that link still plays a really important role. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, how, right. how Google and other websites work. The other thing to think about too, is a lot of a lot of business owners and, and even marketers have a, a bit of a set it, forget it mindset where, hey, once I do something, I can I can move on and do other things. Well, the, the challenge I've, I've seen is that a lot of competitors, they won't rest on their laurels, right? They're they're going to see yeah. you moving up above them and they're going to try to beat you. So I think the the importance and I think the way the algorithms work, too, is a lot around patterns. Is there a consistent pattern of improvement, of growth, of bounce rates, of click through rate? Is there constant improvement in the and the quality of the content that you're providing? Um, yeah. Or are you set it, forget it, and just waiting for your competitors to outdo you, and then you eventually taper off and get demoted in the results? So I think that part of it, you know, is you know holding the teams and your SEO company accountable to, you know, constant improvement. Hey, I went down. What happened? Oh, the number one guy did something spammy. Great. Did we report them? Right. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's paying attention to those things, and even even maybe even going as far as you know setting up a. a a program to, and there's one called Visual Ping that I like to use, uh, Visual P-I-N-G, that will notify me when a competitor changes something on their website. So, um, you know, we pick up those for the most important pages so that when a competitor does make a change, we're aware of it, we can analyze it, and then adjust our strategy based on, you know, what we see working or not working for the competition. So yeah. thinking about link building, though, and, and how important it is, um, what are what are the components? What really goes into developing a strong link building strategy, in your opinion? Um, the main thing that I look at now is just making sure you get good quality backlinks when you're building these backlinks. That's a good quality backlink. So yeah, that is a good question. <laughs> what does Google think of quality backlinks? And I, the main thing is really relevancy, making sure that the sites that link back to you are coming from something that's semi-related. If like I'm an SEO company and I get a doctor to link out to me. If a doctor is linking to me, it doesn't really align. I mean, it's not bad. Maybe I help this doctor out with some SEO and it's okay if it's a one-off, but if the majority of my links were coming from just off-topic sites, that's gonna definitely throw some red flags to Google, just making 
thinking, why are these irrelevant sites linking out to this website? Maybe this website's not about the topics we thought. Maybe they've shifted or got rebranded or doing something different. But, but yeah, the main components I'm looking for is relevancy. And the safest way I really do it is just blogger outreach, reaching out to other related blogs. And that's how I've been doing it for the past five seven, eight years doing the blogger outreach is safest long-term strategy. I mean, there's a ton of other ways to like press release. And when you think about that successful LinkedIn strategy, when you're talking about bloggers, what, um, what's the approach there? Do you, do you reach out and, and sort of just kind of become their friends and figure out ways you can can collaborate together? Do you, do you offer something up? Are you um, incentivizing? What's, what's the strategy when you look at blogs as a, as a link building strategy? Yeah, we try to offer them something in return, give them either a piece of content, an article, an infographic, a video, something that's going to resonate with their audience so they could get some content out of it because content is always going to be number one. So they get free content and exchange. We'll throw a clickable link back to our website and and try to just kind of cold outreach them. I mean, we try to build a lot of those emails myself. I I, I don't often respond to them unless there's some sort of sense of collaboration and I quantify their site as one that, you know, that drives and could drive some relevant traffic to us. So what, what's your yeah. response rate look like on, on that when you're trying to contribute content? Yeah. So the response rate, not always the best. That's why I really try to focus more on building relationships mm-hmm. instead of just spamming and sending out hundreds or thousands of emails going for quality, not quantity, just like with the backlinks, sure. building more quality and going and targeting, specific industries, building these relationships, reaching out on Twitter is a really good way to connect with people or businesses or reaching out on LinkedIn and just trying to not just kind of cold email because we get those all the time. And I mean, I get probably 20 of those a day. And yeah, just, it feels like that, doesn't it? I skip on over them. And I'm sure everybody's getting them nowadays because everyone's kind of realized blogger sure. outreach is a safer way to build backlinks, even though I still see a lot of people building blog comments and social bookmarking and all these other types, which... Mm-hmm not the best. So really try to focus more on getting these quality sites to link out to you. And the main I, way. I do get, um, I don't know if you get this too, but I do get lists from, from people who, when I say, give me an example of some links that you've earned, um, just because we're always looking for, for good resources that we can refer to our clients. And, um, I'll get back a spreadsheet and I'll say, I got these links, these links, and they'll have metrics on them. And like, like you said, I rarely even look at the metrics. I focus, you know, really around more of the quality, but the three, the three criteria that we use when we look at what we consider to be a, a high quality link is, is one that the probability that the page that's linking to you is going to earn links of its own, right? Because uh, an orphaned page uh, on some website that Google's not going to navigate to very often, isn't going to send yeah. much voting power. The second mm-hmm. criteria is the likelihood of that page actually sending referral traffic. Um, because we know search engines will also correlate that. I'm not going to really get a lot of referral traffic from, you know, my cousin's Weebly site for her kindergarten teaching. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even if she does a great page about SEO and yeah. she links to me and no one's, I'm not going to get traffic from that page. I'm not going to get referral traffic. And, um, you know, it's not likely to attract links of its own because, you know, no one even knows about it. Um, and then the, the third criteria we'll look at is, uh, whether or not that link will be seen, you know, by a massive amount of people. I honestly, in some cases, don't care if I get the referral traffic or if I get, uh, or if the page gets links, if it's going to be seen by hundreds of thousands of users, front page of Yahoo, for example, Yahoo News, really yeah. big PR, because that's great brand awareness. And we don't care as much about the 
the page rank passing through that link as we do about the, you know, the brand visibility and how we're trying to, you know, put ourselves out there. So those are kind of the three things and I'll, I'll go through that spreadsheet and I'll say, okay, is this one going to attract links of its own? Is it uh, going to send, you know, quality referral traffic or is it going to be seen by you know, hundreds of thousands yeah. of people? If it's not, you know, then to me, it kind of takes, you know, it gets taken out of the list. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when you think about strategy too, I think it's really important to figure out what your approach types are going to be as you do reach out. I'm sure you've, you've felt this too, when you're doing the blogger outreach. And so one of the, one of the things I've found that and I've heard has also been really successful for our clients is starting with reference, you know, getting them to reference something that, that you did. Sometimes it's a little bit of ego bait, you know, where you'll, say some really nice things about a company and uh, and give them a really high quality page about them or their company. Um, and that's sort of link bait and, and ego bait in a way, mm-hmm. but getting them to reference something that, um, I, as you mentioned, isn't already on their website and would be helpful to their users. The second approach type that we've looked at is, um, is cross-promoting. You know, like, hey, we're, you know, we're in similar uh, industries. You do offline, I do online. Maybe there's some stuff we can do together, you know, to cross-promote. Let's, um, you know, let's let's do a, an interview or even a podcast or vlog like what we're doing now, Brandon. Yeah, uh, where we yeah. we sort of work together to to do a little bit of cross promotion for each other. The third is that contribution, which you're already doing. You know, hey, I've I've written this um, article for you. I've attached it to the email. Um, let me know if if you want to use it. If not, um, you know, there's this other competitor of yours. Not saying competitor of yours. There's this other website that said that they were interested in content, but we'd really love to give you first shot yeah. at it. Um, so a little bit of sense of urgency and, and sales uh, involved in trying to get that that response rate and not saying I'd like to, can I, where it's an open-ended no answer, yeah, but yeah. instead just giving them the content. And the last the last thing comes with sort of a red flag and that's sponsorship. You know, you sponsor an industry event and while it's good and it can drive relevant referral traffic, um, it's also sort of seen as buying links in a way because you're you're paying for that sponsorship so technically, it should have a, a little tag on the link that tells the search engine that this is a sponsored link and yeah. you know don't pass any or as much voting power to it. But beyond those four different tiers of strategy from, you know, from the reference, cross-promotion, contribution, and sponsorship, I think it's paramount that anybody thinking about link building should really take the time to memorize that link schemes guide, uh, that guideline that Google puts out there so that they know mm-hmm. as they're working toward building links you know, what the no-nos are that could come back later and, you know, yeah. and, and affect their rankings. Yeah. You have to be careful with like Google, you don't want to step on their toes or do anything <laughs> that's going to trigger any red flags. So if they see that they're going to come out and look and at it your- goes both ways, right? There's the negative SEO where, where competitors mm-hmm. are building really spammy yeah. links to their competitors' websites. Like, why would you pay for links to my site? Oh, you're trying to make me look like I'm, gaming the search results yeah, right? you're yeah. putting keywords in my links to make it look like i'm trying to you know to use explicit anchor text to rank for a certain word so you're right and that's that's something i know google's been addressing but i'm hoping that in the future they get better at it yeah yeah, yeah. they're trying they're always updating their algorithm i think they did one <laughs> a few weeks ago or a few days ago so the core update on the second did everyone survive yeah. Yeah, no, actually mine went up, but so we'll see. We'll have to see. It's still pretty new. And I know oh, the first couple of weeks after it's always fluctuating because Google's just testing. But I've so seen far. I've seen in this latest algorithm update a lot of, of really upper funnel content heavy sites were doing well, minus healthcare. Almost feels like a little bit of of potentially what we 
uh, referred to as the medic update, um, you know, that affected sites that, you know, that mm-hmm. affected, you know, your, your money or your health. And so yeah. it's, it'll be interesting to, to continue watching it. But so far, all but those that were in medical um, seem to have gone up and in looking at our results. So that's, that's a good sign. All right, next question. You ready? Uh, what, what would you like to, uh, what would you like website and business owners to know about the role of outreach and developing business relationships and how that affects successful or maybe unsuccessful link building? Yeah. So when you're building these backlinks, you do have to build relationships because as a business owner, I'm sure nowadays, almost every website is getting spammed by these people that are just doing outreach and you just got to not be cold emailing them, build those relationships, try to connect with them, learn more about them on their social media, or I mean, go on their website, usually at the very bottom on their footer or at the top, they'll have the social media logos or icons. They could connect and see what kind of content they're posting out, maybe call out something that they've posted that resonates with you or look at their blog posts and highlight something that's caught your eye and caught your attention. So instead of just kind of doing like a templated email that most people do saying like, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. Say like, hi, I was reading and then call out a specific section. So it's more personalized because once you personalize things, that works a lot better. If it's unper- not personalized, it just looks like another piece of spam and and too many. And a lot of people are getting their inboxes clogged and full of those. So you got to really differentiate yourself and give them something that resonates and let them know that you're actually interested and want to connect with them and want to build that relationship. And you're not just using them for that backlink. And then just after that, you're never going to hear from them or talk to them again. You're actually, but now you're showing them that you want to continue and build that relationship. And a lot of things that you touched on too, like tell them, Hey, we're going to cross promote it. And we're going to share it on our social media channels, especially if you have big followings, that's a great way to kind of give an incentive saying, Hey, I have this following on, Twitter or on Instagram and I'll share all my content with them. And that always helps usually with some incentivizing and but really build those relationships and don't just jump into saying, can I give you an article or can I get a backlink? Build those relationships and show them that everyone can benefit, that it's going to be mutually beneficial and that you're not just looking to get something and just disappear because that's a lot of the easiest relationships, Brandon, that I keep thinking about are, are those that you already have with vendors and and software and programs you already use going back to them yeah. and saying hey I'm, I'm a really big fan we've been on your product forever would you like me to be a case study for you right would you like us to share a little bit of how we use your product and give you a testimonial yeah. uh, those are some great ways to yeah. um, more or less nurture relationships you already have with vendors and people who you know want to uh, sort of use you as a brand advocate for them they'd love to throw a, a client on their website who's happy with their product right yeah so, oh, yeah. so there's, there's one angle the other thing I've, I've seen work really well for us is i like to build a lot of relationships with uh, college professors and college department heads so um, i go in and i volunteer my time to teach students a little bit about what my day-to-day life is like in the seo world and in doing that the students get a lot of value from it they get some free templates they they get to see some live examples of things. Um, and after doing that, you know, a, a few times for the schools, at, at some point you get invited to to record something for them or to or to put something together for their students that goes live on the website. Now, not only are you getting a, a link and making a difference and in, in affecting the, the, the future uh, you know, practitioners of your industry in, in the future, uh, but you're also putting yourself in front of people who might eventually be your customers. So we've we've gotten three students, um, you know, who went to one of my my uh, guest speaking events, who went off into marketing careers and then called me later on 
they said, you came into my class a few years ago and I had a hard time remembering your name, but when I finally did, I was like, I got to reach out to this guy because we need your help. And so those those types of relationships and those colleges linking back to you, those are those are pretty healthy links as long as they're on pages that, you know, as, as I mentioned, we'll get linked to and, and um, you know, shared among the, you know, the, the students. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good way to do it. And you're giving back, helping people out, which is that's why I like teaching as well. I teach a lot of free classes and just kind of give back to business owners, letting them know what's working and kind of the same thing. People come to me all the time a few years later. It's like, I remember taking your class at General Assembly or at all these different places and it's like it resonates and it is awesome making an impact. Just like we could see businesses get more traffic and watch them grow. It's nice to see people that are just trying to figure out what they want to do in life and maybe lead them in a path that they might not have otherwise thought about. Because when I was going to school, there was not much about digital marketing, internet marketing. I mean, there's a little bit, but they didn't really talk about SEO. And even then, I mean, having a textbook about SEO, it's going to be outdated a few days later, a couple of weeks later. So it's tough, but it's nice having having that experience. And like and you said- it works in every industry too. I mean, lawyers can go to law schools, right? Uh, accountants can go to CPA classes. Mm-hmm. And so it really is something that, that is universal. What are your favorite link building tools, Brandon? What do you like to use? Uh, so I like Ahrefs is a really good one. The, of that one. Use them too. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of link building tools out there. They're all equally good. Not equal, they're all pretty good for the most part. They give you similar results, but I just like Ahrefs because I was able to kind of beta test them when they first came out and they gave me a really good deal. Kind of like you're saying, like give someone a promotion and give someone an incentive. And I was one of the beta testers and they gave me a really good deal. And I have the same lifetime access that I had. I forget when I first got it, maybe five, six years ago, because I had a blog about social media marketing and about SEO. And they reached out to me kind of when I first started doing that, I think maybe in 2013. Mm-hmm. Not sure exact dates, but like that tool, especially nowadays, because they keep adding so many features and functionality to it. So it's not just for backlink checking anymore. I mean, well, and they keep adding a lot of features with the backlink tool where you could really dive in and really hone in and hyper target and look at specific areas. But they also do keyword ranking or tracking. They let you do keyword research. I mean, they have a ton of different tools in it. So that's Sounds really like is your, your go to for all search marketing. For the most part nowadays, yeah, kind of shifted away. I mean, kind of leaving all my other rank tracking tools and kind of merge them all because Ahrefs has it all under one umbrella and it's a lot easier to get that all in one central location. So I like that. I, my favorite tools in, in Ahrefs are the link intersect tool. I love to be able to, to do sort of an industry study of where do websites in my industry get their links and where are the yep. most common links coming from. Uh, that really helps from an industry standpoint create that spider web we were talking about, right? How do I get to the center of that spider web? We yeah. have all the right strands, you know, pointing to us. So I love that. I also like the unlinked mentions, mm-hmm. uh, but I really like to see that tool get better. I think we've been whining about that for years where we could export it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So once, once you've kind of collected all of your link building ideas and ideal places you want to build links, where do you manage it all? Do you manage it all in a Google sheet and a CRM somewhere? Um, so yeah, I probably should get a CRM, but right now it's all on Google sheets and just sharing docs and just keeping it there and trying to, yeah, but Google sheets works pretty well, especially like collaborating and sharing with other team members and just list and it's all dynamic instead of having Excel kind of sharing and then having to edit and resend it to everyone. Now everything's updated in real time and 
Sure. It makes things nice because there's always new opportunities that emerge, or maybe we look at a site that we might have thought was good and realize let's double check it and scrutinize it. And after looking a little bit more, realize maybe it's not the best. Look at more of like the quality, the history of them, because sure. there's a lot of ways to trick us into thinking that domains are good and clean when who knows what's really happened in the past. So you gotta look at all those different metrics and if you really Bruce had something called the disavow, what was it, disavow list site where you could actually upload your disavow file and then it would it would use that as a database and you'd be able to see whether or not a, a domain is on a disavow list or or multiple it's kind of a neat thing that um I, I think the community just didn't really get as involved in as they could have but it's a really fascinating concept my, my favorite tools for managing links include buzzstream pitchbox um, they're, they're sort of a micro CRM built specifically for link building, which box is a little bit more like Legos in the sense that you know, it's already got some pre-built projects for you when you get in. Um, and then it's, it's a bit of a structured thing and you can send mass emails, uh, which I'm not a huge fan of. Like you, I like personalizing them. Yeah. Uh, Buzzstream on the other hand is a little bit more like Play-Doh, Play-Doh versus Legos where um, you can pretty much use it for whatever you wanted to. It doesn't have to be just link building, but I create a project for unlinked mentions, for intersecting links, for maybe just business citations, um, and then industry, magazine, news. You can organize those projects and delegate them to different team members. Those that are more submission, where you submit your website to a, a contest or to a directory, can be handled by somebody who doesn't need to build a relationship. And then you assign those that do require a little bit of relationship building, um, you know, to a different resource. So I love, I love mm -hmm. the reporting in it too, because it shows you how you're diversifying the different places that you're getting links, as I mentioned, news and blog and directory and that sort of thing. So it's a nice way to sort of gauge the overall performance of your link strategy. So, um, so for those listening, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close to the folks at Buzzstream. And I think I still have a URL with a discount. It's like this hidden discount thing that I have. So I'll try to put that in the uh, the description wherever we post this but um if you guys want you know to to try it out for a couple months buzzstream is is pretty it's pretty awesome and there's some really good training videos in their academy if you're interested um question yeah. for you so where does what we're doing right now right being a guest on a podcast episode fall under helpful strategies for link building um i would say this is kind of getting you on more related sites it's kind of diversifying instead of just doing what everyone's doing, which is the blog post kind of strategy right now and mix yeah. it up because if you just have the same type of backlinks coming to your website, it's pretty obvious, website. right? Yeah, it's like, why are you only getting backlinks from blogs? What's going on? So the first fine, but also I've also started my own podcast this past nice. year. And so like kind of collaborating and building these relationships with other podcasters, just like cool. link building, it's a whole different world. and. The podcasting is kind of new into me and it's fun. And you and, build great friendships like this one, man. <laughs> it is the best. Get those relationships instead of just emailing somebody and then giving them some content. Now we can actually talk in person, have long form conversations and discuss things that we like. And it's always good bouncing ideas off one another and getting new ideas, new strategies, new methods, because there's always ideas. There's always new topics to talk about, especially with digital. It's always evolving. So it's good to have that collaborative kind of space together. and But this does really help out with getting other relevant websites. A lot of what I try to go is just go after relevancy. I mean, other people try to go after authoritative sites, which is good to pass on more trust and authoritativeness with that backlink. But 
you're getting a backlink from an authoritative site that's not really on par or on topic with your niche, doesn't really align too well with Google. So I try to go for more relevancy. That's why podcasting on other blogs that are related to not just SEO like yours, but just anything related to digital marketing or hey, marketing you're, you're in general. Digital marketing. How come all of your links are coming from kindergarten websites or something, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's that flag to Google, and we don't want Google to yeah. look at us like that. We want to make sure everything's done, abiding by their terms of service, and going after Google Webmaster guidelines and looking at what they're telling us to do and just making sure that everything's good to go on our end. Nice. All right, we're almost done with our questions and we get our lightning round. So get ready for that. Awesome. Um, what are the most important steps in link building for beginners that want to sort of up their game or or you know, just get involved in link building? I mentioned um, one earlier, I think, is the getting that link schemes document as their Bible, right? Mm -hmm, yep. And I would definitely read up as much as you can or watch videos. Atrust puts out a lot of good tutorials because and when you do watch videos or any of this stuff like the podcast or anything like that let's so make sure it's from a few years ago because if anything's older than four or five years ago it might still work but it also might not work because with google i mean google changes every single day so potentially this might not still be the most relevant but you just got to make sure that when you are reading and learning up that you're finding strategies that are pretty relevant because or newer because you don't want to build the wrong type of backlinks and 10 years ago, there was a lot of strategies, a lot of tools to build backlinks, but they weren't really Guilty. the uh -huh. type of backlinks. <laughs> and if you follow yeah. those guidelines or if you go on like Fiverr and sites like that, you're going to get these backlinks that are actually going to do more harm than good. So, And that careful. was our next question was what are uh, some link building uh, tricks and strategies to avoid? So you mentioned yeah. this, so for beginners, stay away from Fiverr if you're trying yep. to build links. <laughs> yeah. Anything where it's too good to be true, where it's $5, $10 yeah, to get back. It feels too easy. Yeah. Yep. And they're writing an article for you. It's like, that can't be true. How are they writing an article, publishing it, or they're going to mm -hmm. get you a hundred backlinks doing these web 2.0 kind of link farms and things like that, which stuff like that you don't want to do nowadays. <laughs> Maybe yeah, our PR company sent me a draft of what they wanted to send out. And, um, you know, for a, a site that asked for an article and I, I looked at it and I'm like, well, one, this isn't the voice of my brand Two you're mentioning strategy, but you're talking about tactics and tactical things. So I ended up just rewriting the whole thing. Like from now on, you know, if, if you're yeah. promoting anything for me as, as, you know, publicist or whatever, it should come from me. And I don't mind staying up late to write it. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, I get the same feeling like, Hey, we'll write something for you. If you're the expert, why would yeah. you want someone else writing for you? That's the strangest yeah. thing in the world. Especially um, when they're not going to research it. They're just going <laughs> to do a little quick Google search, see what's on fluff. the first page. Yeah, rewrite, rewrite it, and it's not good. It's just filler content. That's not what people want. Like, if you're on that first page of Google, you don't want to, or I mean, if you're searching on Google and you click on any of these listings and it's just a bunch of fluff and filler content, that does no good. And just like you said, they're going to bounce. It's going to have that negative user experience, and Google's going to see, even if you have all these backlinks and you have a really strong content or figure it out it's not going to work. Google's going to just be like, no, this is not what we're looking for. People are not staying on the site and we want to provide the best results that people want to keep using Google. And if they click on Google's links and they take it to a site, that's not the best or most relevant. You're gonna be like, let me check out Bing or Yahoo or DuckDuckGo or any of these other search engines. Cause there's a lot of competition out there and they're all scratching, trying to get to Google as fast as they can. And, but Google knows they got to give those, quality results otherwise people will leave. everything yeah always providing the most relevant yeah. results been their their mantra i think um yeah. so we talked a minute ago about about the dynamics of search now content five years yeah. ago might not be as as helpful as some of the newer things that are happening like with google passages and with um 
you know, all the, the newest, latest, greatest markup and rich results. How, um, in your opinion, how is link building changing and what's, what's the future of link building look like? Yeah, the, it's definitely been changing. It keeps on evolving and changing. Is I mean, once Google sees that people are trying to manipulate and game the system and trick them into getting those rankings, they're going to stop off or stop yeah, looking at those link strategies. So if people keep abusing the blogger outreach, which Google said a few years ago that they're not going to place as much emphasis on these type of backlinks, got to adapt and adjust and look at what new strategies are out there, really look at the competitors and see who's on that first page of Google, what type of backlink strategies have they used over the years? How has that impacted them? Look at like anchor text call. I mean, there's a lot of variables that go into it, whereas people just build backlinks thinking that's it, but you have to really make sure that you're diversifying your anchor text, you're mixing it up. You're not just using the same words or putting your exact match keywords in there. Using so you say authenticity is is probably one of the authenticity and in, in appearing as yeah as organic and natural as possible is going to continue to be a, a big thing. Do you, yeah. do you think um, the featured snippets at the top of search as everyone's trying to be number one in a, in a voice search um, is mm -hmm. going to play a role in how people shift some of their, their effort from trying to get links to instead maybe trying to get um, citations of their short answers to appear in featured snippets? Do you see any of that happening? Yeah, you definitely want to get in that featured snippet if you can see what questions people ask and take those questions. Like I would go into Google, just search for your keyword, mm -hmm. see that people also ask section, grab all those questions that people also ask about that keyword and make a FAQ type of section on your website, answer those questions. You could even put FAQ schema on it to mark it up and try to get that schema in there to enhance those listings because the more real estate you could take up on that first page of Google, you're putting your competitors down further. And if they're not above the fold and you're able to push them down with having those four or five extra FAQ schemas in there, that's going to yeah. definitely be huge. But yeah, content is so important. And a lot of it nowadays is writing good content that naturally attracts the backlink. So you don't have to build them manually. I mean, that's what Google's always said from the beginning is yep. don't build backlinks, just write really good content. And people are naturally backlinked to you, which is true if they could find you, but you got to give them a little nudge and push to help find you, especially yeah. if you're a new business or a new website that's just emerging, but really just write good content and good content is gonna track backlinks. It will track that FAQ or it'll mm -hmm. track that featured snippet if Google sees that people are resonating, people are sticking on your website and that's mm -hmm. what they're looking for. I've seen, I've seen um, where writing good content, since there's a lot of good content already on the internet and being, and being different than the pages that already rank, I've seen the the ones that succeed do it from data they already have in their own research. So I, I find it interesting when a brand is willing to to take something something they they know that their competition doesn't know and and share that within their content. So instead of it just being sort of a fluff article about something uh, with some really nice images and a video, instead yeah. saying, you know, uh, did you know that forty five percent of iPhone users do X? Uh, versus why and did you know that mainly males versus females prefer whatever you know having having that insight around your own customer base and being able to share that uh, is is unique it's helpful and it also gets people who are doing research to reference your content so I agree I think that's a great thing to do is to take some some data and you know and share that within your content as opposed to just saying here here's a writer write some things um, yeah. it's like hey what do we know what do we know that we can share that mm -hmm. nobody else knows. Yeah, um, I got to know what's the most exciting brand you've worked with. Um, 
worked with a few that were kind of exciting. I don't know if I could tell them because had some NDAs, but we we worked with Technicolor a couple years back, and I had no idea that they were the 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 powerhouse behind a lot of the uh, the media that goes into like Marvel. They, they did all the colorization mm -hmm. of Marvel movies, and I had no idea. I, I thought they were, you know, from like 50, 60 years ago with the Wizard of Oz. I thought that was like a uh, yeah, Technicolor. They're still a powerhouse for all film and studios. So it's really exciting to work with such a legacy brand with so much history. And I don't know, to me, that was that was the funnest account for us. That would be a nice one. That would be a unique one and more fun. Yeah. The one that I was thinking was just a big corporate brand that's kind of in every household. They, yeah, one of the bigger companies that kind of just makes consumer products. But oh, cool. I don't know if they'd be too happy if I said their name. But other ones I liked, I worked with like a skateboard company because that's my passion. So that right. was really fun finding something that kind of resonates instead of just helping out a e-commerce business where I have to learn about the business and kind of really dive into it. That skateboarding one, that one was my passion and love that. And that was easiest no, one to do. This. I know yeah. skateboarding. I got this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I got it ready to go. Let's do it. It's going to be quick and easy and it'll be a lot funner than all these other ones. Cause now it, we both use funner twice. It is hilarious. Yeah. Not even a real word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make it don't up now. Or anything on our, our grammar. All right. Lightning round. You ready for it? Here are the questions. Yeah. Try to go as quick as we can. Um, so number one is your favorite three SEO tools aside from Ahrefs. Uh, I like HR, oh, or SEO Power Suite, Majestic, okay. and I like SEM Rush is another good one. Sweet. Yeah, I'm an SEM Rush fan too. Yeah. Um, who should we be following on social media for link building? Um, I like Ahrefs blog. I mean, they're always putting out good content. I try to put content out too if you want to follow me as well. But I mean, there's a ton of other good sites out there, but Ahrefs, Search Engine Journal, Search Engine Watch. I mean, okay. they're more general, but. So I, I think for link building, Brian Dean would be somebody I would follow. Uh, from yeah. Go um, right now. Kempo, uh, Kemper from uh, Link Building Tools. I think those are those are two of my favorites. And in, in terms mm -hmm. of you know who's who's building links, um, yeah. and then yeah, you you mentioned Ahrefs. So the folks that at Buzzstream also have some really good uh, content on social. Um, do you have any favorite SEO groups on Facebook or LinkedIn for those folks that are interested in SEO and maybe even particular link building that that they should join? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so on Facebook, SEO Signals and I'm in that one for SEO group. And yeah, those are some good ones. And forgot the names off the top of my head, but those are, I think, two of the bigger ones on Facebook that I joined. Um, really some SEO good. questions is cool too. I like that group. And Whitehead SEO. Okay, yeah, um, that one out because yeah, Facebook is good. LinkedIn, I haven't used it too much with the group, but Facebook seems to be really good nowadays. I, get, I, I, get, I, I see more engagement happening on Facebook and there's more, it's more yeah. personal. I don't know. Yeah. Um, one one SEO myth that you see that drives you crazy. Um, that well, I guess putting keyword stuffing. I still see a lot of people saying that putting the keywords in their content is going to make a big difference, or trying to hide the keywords in the content. And okay. so yeah, so so still or, getting away with really 1998 SEO. It's funny. Yeah. I, I remember doing that. Mar negative uh, margin 1,000. Yeah, I remember doing mm -hmm. that. I would say, you know, thinking about myths um, right now, my my favorite, um, you know, the other day we were, we were talking about it in here about what what people were trying to get away with and and what they were doing for SEOs, PBNs, the private blog networks. I don't think that's a long term yeah. healthy mm -hmm. thing for a, a reputable no. brand to be called out upon. You know, if they 
we're seeing mm -hmm. doing that. So I think that's my biggest. Yeah, a lot of people is, believe PBNs work. Yeah, that is definitely a big one. I should have said that because I mean, in the top SEO group, the whole mm -hmm. thing was built about PBNs. I think like Charles Flote and some other guy were building it all about PBN links, which worked in the past, but not too much. I mean, even then, it's still like you don't you don't want to jeopardize yourself. You don't want to put yourself where if Google sees that you're doing those type of back. Or your competitors see it and call you out and give it to a, a publicist and the yep. publicist calls you out. And next thing you're in JCPenney uh, type post with New York yeah. Times. Or, yeah. Just gone down, disappear yeah. off all those rankings, have to start from scratch or rebuild yep. that reputation. It's a really tough. It's a lot easier to avoid doing all that because getting out of the penalty is really tough. And that's so you, a lot. You have, you have a high authority site and they say, we're adding a new page to our site that we want to rank for a keyword. What, in your opinion, is the fastest one thing that you could do to help that page rank uh, once it's launched? I'm just get another internal link from that website. That way it passes on some internal link juice and gets it indexed faster and cool. gets Google to pick it up. But if it's a big authoritative site, that should definitely help it. Homepage yeah. link, that's the way I do it. Homepage link, yeah, yeah. for sure, internal. Um, fastest way to rank a listing in the three pack in the map pack. Uh, just getting consistency with the name, address, and phone number. Just okay. getting consistently. It's just kind of like building a website. Sure, you can build your website, but if you don't have backlinks, it's going to be tough. Same with like the citation or the local. If you have your Google My Business created, that's good, but Google still doesn't trust you. They want to see that other third party sites like Yelp. MapQuest, Apple Maps, Bing Maps, Yellow Pages. I mean, list goes on and on. Got it. Yeah, making sure it's consistent because I see a lot of websites that have different hours, different names, or old addresses. And if it confuses me, it's going to confuse Google because Google is just confuse the poor users. I've I've complained a few times about businesses during the pandemic that didn't adjust their hours, and I took a drive expecting a place to be open, and it wasn't. And so I. I've yeah. definitely left some not so not so nice reviews. Yeah, uh, what do you feel is the most important uh, landing page SEO focal point, Brandon? Uh, landing page for SEO is just making sure that, well, just everything's above the fold. Primarily, maybe not for SEO, but just making sure that all the content's above the fold, it's clear, concise messaging, and it lines up with whatever page they were visiting or whatever keywords they were searching for, making sure that everything aligns. Fair enough. What is the best link building technique in your opinion? Uh, I would say the best or the safest is the blogger outreach nowadays. Okay. May be the best, but it's the safest bet for building good quality, strong backlinks where it's not going to put anything at risk, where it sure. might be in that kind of grayish hat area where it might be working, but who knows what Google is going to say in a year or two, and they might just. Yeah, what's the big it. picture? How much effort are we going to have to spend in a year from now cleaning things up? Yeah. Um, yeah. Clean up do you feel not. that? Um, sorry. Do you feel that that the expertise, authority, trust signals, EAT signals, are more important on the website, or how Google looks at those signals off the website? I'd say equally maybe a little bit more off the site because there's always ways to kind of trick the system like if you have a website i can just put a bunch of keywords and google's not going to trust what i put on the website so they want to see other third-party sites validating and kind of solidifying that okay maybe brandon is now an expert because instead of just seeing that brandon's authored 100 blogs on his own website that's great but as the author does on other websites so seeing those third-party external signals and that's exactly what danny sullivan said too which is you know and i know there's a part of the industry that's really hung up on eat right now on the mm -hmm. landing page but because of some uh, outdated 
uh, web quality raters guidelines. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Raters. yeah Last got one. Yep, you're right. Um, ready? This is this is a tough one. Does offline right. marketing, like TV, radio, newspapers, help with keyword rankings? Yeah, it could definitely help out with keyword rankings and awareness. I mean, if you do a TV promo ad and you tell people go to my website or go search for my name, because a lot of people might not know the exact spelling of your company, they're going to search on Google and yeah. Google sees that now you just have this huge spike of people that are interested in your or searching for you. And that can definitely help with their algorithm and just build some, just build some more trust with Google. I'm watching this right now with a brand called Hyperwolf. I saw their billboards everywhere and there's nothing on the billboard but the word Hyperwolf. I'm like, what the heck is a Hyperwolf? It's some, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, marijuana dispensary thing, right? And I'm like, what in the world? And so, of course, I look it up like what they want everyone to do. And it yeah. increases their their search, um, you know, their branded search awareness. And I thought that was really fascinating. So now I'm watching um, you know, the, the Google search trends and, and uh, keyword planner to see what that impact is on keywords that they're trying to rank for. So it's kind of fun to see how yeah. people are using offline as a way to stimulate their their online um, mm. demand, right? And, yeah. and build brand authority, not domain yeah. authority, but brand authority, right? Mm -hmm. That should cool. be that was, that was lightning round, man. Um, yeah, made you know, it. <laughs> no, sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, so I made it through the lightning round. <laughs> <That was fun. laughs> survived. Um, well, I want to make sure everybody knows how to get a hold of you. The first thing I'll throw up on the screen is how to book a call with you. So you do free calls with folks. I could get like, like, like refer people to you. Do like free strategy link building calls. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit and kind of let you know what's working, what's not working, and kind of look at your whole strategy, look at some of the competitors, and try to piece together a plan to help you get to where you want to be in terms of in those rankings. Nice. And then here is how you can get a hold of Brandon on LinkedIn. You've got what, like, uh, like 20 million followers or something now on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, a few too many. So LinkedIn <laughs> gets a little cluttered, but yeah, if you search for me, Brandon Lebowitz on LinkedIn or YouTube, I put out a lot of these videos that I've been putting out over the, since the pandemic hit, I've, I mean, I've always been doing classes in person, but now that we can't do them in person, I've been doing these webinars, so I've been recording them. And so if you want to check out more content about SEO, link building, keyword research, on-page, off-page, kind of all the different aspects of SEO, check out yeah, check out my YouTube channel if you want to learn more about that I stuff. haven't checked it out yet, Brandon. I'm going to check it out for sure. I know we're connected on LinkedIn, but now I'm going to have to yeah. talk your YouTube. Yeah, well, this yeah. has been amazing. Um, Anything else you wanted to, to tell folks who are, who are listening or any uh, anything else that you'd like to share before we call this one a wrap? Yeah, I mean, uh, for the most part, if you're a business owner and you're doing SEO and you're struggling, just be patient because talk to a lot of people and they're just like, what's going on? I don't see the results and SEO takes time. There's a lot that's involved in it and just don't be overwhelmed. Just kind of think of it as like a puzzle and just kind of put each piece together and don't just be overwhelmed. Just take it one day at a time and you'll get those rankings. So I'll see a lot of people that kind of get frustrated and give up or, and just keep working at it. And if you do need help, you can always reach out to myself and I'm happy to look at your website and give you some perspective on what might be working or what might be working, but just keep working at it because SEO is the best long-term strategy in terms of getting traffic. Everything else does work but long-term. <laughs> Let's get well, you thank, you, Brandon. thank you guys for, for listening and, and 
tuning in to another episode of Unbottleneck. We're going to call this one a wrap. Uh, we did some link building with Brandon Leibowitz, and we're definitely going to uh, circle up with him again in the future and talk a little bit more about some really niche strategies and what we can do for link building. So yeah. thanks for listening and watching. And Brandon, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great rest of your day.